VHS and chill. And we get a bit of an insight into Mr. Smith's motivation. Quite. Which is interesting because we thought he was just, well, like a computer programmer. Right, well, I thought he was like a real, a real civil servant, oh a real God. pen pusher. Loves, yeah. loves the, the administrative details, pedantic. I'm afraid, <laughs> Mr. Anderson, mm. you did not fill in the correct red pill release form. <laughs> Hello and welcome to VHS and Chill, the movie podcast where three friends sit in a closet, cabin or basement and discuss movies from the 80s, 90s and even occasionally the noughties. I am here after an extremely long absence. Extreme. My name is Roisin Mulligan and I'm sat here with my two esteemed colleagues. We have Mr. Jeffrey Kitt of Perth. Hello all, Bunbury, but who's counting? Oh, well, close enough. Close enough, on the coast. Give me a break. And uh, we have Mr. Rudy Davis. How you doing, Rude? Good. Yep. Um, How- He's got a new sticker with the amp. I, I heard some rustling. Yeah. I thought that was kind of unprofessional as we are recording a podcast. Our first podcast in, what's this, six months? Six months. Yeah. Lockdown's been a bitch. Well, it? I would love to say it's because of the collective nightmare that the entire world has been going through, but it's actually just because our soundboard wasn't working. Well, perfect storm, I'd say, yeah. to stop the podcast and its Try getting a soundboard fixture in the pandemic. Well, <laughs> quite. I mean, or don't try. That's an essential service in my books. Keeping a comedy podcast of films going. I mean, we all need a laugh, and um, I'm sure all 40 of our listeners have been <laughs> gagging for a few episodes. They have been laughless during <laughs> <Yeah>. this pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> when the world needed us the most, we disappeared. So we are going to be discussing a beloved classic mm. from the late 90s, 1999. Great year. Yeah, great song. Uh, Rudy, would you like to lead us in? Tell us a bit more about the late mm. 90s. What, what were you doing? Where were you? That's me going back in time. <laughs> oh, I thought that was the Twilight Zone. Uh, all, all that, yeah. So I would have been um, 13 going on. <laughs> uh, because that was the next uh, age in my life after 13. Yeah, I was widely anticipating the uh, millennium. I had mm. the millennium on compact disc single. Um, <laughs> can't remember what the B-side was. I was going to ask. Was it just the instrumental? So you uh, could rap along Yeah, it's probably instrumental. And I think maybe like getting jiggy with it. Oh, um, B-side, like why strong not B-side. <laughs> Getting jiggy with it surely was not the B-side. I, I, I kind of think like when his newer stuff came out, and I count his newer stuff, <laughs> late 90s, yeah, B-sides, they just chucked in, why not, like a classic. Like a good song. Yeah, exactly. Because that seems just wrong to me that Willennium would be the A and Getting Jiggy With It would be the B. <laughs> well, they just don't go together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can put any two uh, Smithy songs together and they would be a good, well, a good <laughs> matching. Any good a good smelly air <laughs> would we'll be able to match that. Um, so enough about me. Big year for cheaters. The animals? Course. No. People that cheat. Oh, okay. Uh, so Lance Armstrong. <laughs> I was like, what were they doing? They broke their own world record this year. Uh, they, they, they ran even faster than the previous year. Um, they won so, gold in the Olympics. <laughs> so um, Lance Armstrong uh, wins his first Tour de France. Oh. Little did we know. And uh, the second from last president to be impeached, Mr. Bill Clinton. Right. Uh, got off the hook. For one little black dress. A um, couple of other big bits. SpongeBob premiered. 
Oh. And uh, Game Boy Color came out. Oh, yeah. And biggest one of all, I think, is certainly for me when I was 13 anyway. Uh, couldn't stop thinking about this. The East Timor Independence Referendum. Oh, mate. It was Don't get me started. On the top of everyone's mind. As a 13-year-old schoolgirl. Yeah. <laughs> Yourself. Uh, <I> was 10. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Rudy, for uh, that summation of 1999. Great year. What else happened in 99, boys? A little sci-fi film, which came to be known as The Greatest of All Time, hit our silver screens. And yes, I'm talking about the... Um, East Timor <laughs> on independence. They were all too plugged in in West Timor. We had to get rid of them. <laughs> wake up. No, we're talking about The Matrix. I believe our first sci-fi film. Is it? I would, think so. Would you count Wild Wild West as St- steampunk? Mm, steampunk? As is Matrix, arguably. Mm. Oh, true. And that also came out in... 1999. I set you up there, it did. <laughs> Ten points for the answer I set you and up for. And both got Will Smith. Both got Will Smith. Yes, we are talking about The Matrix, and it is the film that Jeff Kitty chose. And do you know why? Because it is a good Christian film. When I was six years old, <laughs> I grew up in a small town in Australia, Bunbury, not Perth, and I remember we uh, were a Christian family, and I remember this film being so big in the church community, and I think for two reasons. One, the underlying Christian tones, and two, gun foo. When you mixed Christ... With guns, sentinels, agents, Keanu Reeves, set in Sydney. That is a Jeff Kitt selection for our film of the week. Wow. I did not see the Christian connotations of that. (laughs) So like, he was Christ. Well, quite. Uh, I mean, that was the argument that the Christian community that I was deeply ensconced in was was giving. Seems a bit tenuous. Well, I also think that they were just maybe projecting what they wanted to see yeah, and just be like, exactly. look, it's such a yeah. fucking great romping, stomping sci-fi kung fu martial arts film. Mm. Let's just say it's Christian and, you know, on a Sunday after the church service, head on down. Yeah. Is it Christian in the same way that every story is Christian because every story well, is, quite. follows the same structure? However, I will just quickly jump in with some Christian references. Tell me. Zion. Resurrection. Mm-hmm. Resurrection. Chosen one. Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Trinity, the Holy Trinity. Lawrence Fishburne, noted Christian. No, I don't know if that's true. But uh-huh. uh, I mean, these were the things when I was a six-year-old, I was really into Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. So I, I loved The Matrix just for the religious undertones. <laughs> um, anyway, that was my reason for the pick. And I guess taking the red pill is like wakening up to Jesus's love. It's like taking communion, isn't it? Mm. Take the red it's exactly like Fumble of communion. wine. <laughs> the last time I took communion, I woke up in a pod covered in goo. Endless fields, Roisin. <laughs> well, without further, further ado, I think I've built that one up. Let's just jump into the film with the first haiku of three. Act one. Mr. Anderson, it's the question that drives us. What is the Matrix? Nice. What is the Matrix, Roisin? Um, The Matrix is... a a smashing blockbuster <laughs> that was created in the late 90s by the Wachowski sisters. Siblings. Siblings. Please. That is the film. What is the Matrix in the film? I don't even know where to start with this bloody Matrix. Mm. Well, the Matrix is a force field created by the machines, those dastardly machines, uh, to keep us all plugged in, disconnected, and in the dark. Is Sound that, familiar, guys? The nine to five, the old corporate Hello, world. Hello, Mark Zuckerberg, am I right? 
<laughs> Why is Mark Zuckerberg like one of the Sentinels? Yeah, it's, it's a slippery slope, isn't it? Well, Neo was certainly asking what is the Matrix and it was a question that really perplexed him. Well, He was up night and bloody day coding away trying to find the answer. So apparently at the first um, half of the movie, Keanu Reeves only had 80 lines and about 40 of those lines were questions. He had a lot of questions he and I don't, I don't bloody blame him. I'd have a lot of questions. He was filming in Sydney, you know, he was looking for an answer and it just wasn't coming. Mm. So let me just backtrack a little. Mr. Thomas Anderson, played by one Canuck Keanu Reeves, who I would say gives... A Barnstormer? I don't know. I don't know if what, I like Keanu Reeves? Reeves. Can I be honest? Well, I mean, he's like famously a shit actor. Isn't he? He's just so... Wooden. Wooden, yeah. yeah. Uh, although, I'll give him this. He does Kung Fu well. And supposedly a very nice guy. Looks depressed when sat on a bench photographed mm. of a sandwich. You see that? Yeah. I have yeah. seen that. I've always said that about him. And he is a hacker by night, coder by day, looking for answers. Now, what is Keanu's problem? What is the Matrix? He can't sleep? Doesn't know what's going on? Mm. He's always had a feeling in the back of his head that something's not quite Mm, right. Back of the head. Haven't we all (laughs) had that feeling? (laughs) And what does he do from here? What actually happens? Like, Takes a lot of psychedelic mushrooms. Knock at the door. Like a steampunk gang that want to buy a mini disc. And he says, you're my personal Jesus Christ. Ding, ding, ding. Mm. And he says, you know, why don't you just come with us and hang out? And it actually relates to a message he just got on his computer screen. Like the white rabbit. White Rabbit um, Tattoo. I, I like that cyberpunk gang that were like knocking at the door. Because uh-huh. like, the leader, like he was so 90s, he had like really curly ginger hair and like a goatee, uh, but was somehow really cool. He, he <laughs> had a really hot, <laughs> hot girlfriend. He had a duster <laughs> as well. He, he, this he, is he a big like, film for dusters, so I'm yeah, sure you this like is, it. This was the film that made dusters. Oh yeah. shit, you're right. And Keanu at the first of underground BDSM dance clubs that we are introduced to in the film meets Trinity. Mm-hmm. A young Canadian also, Kerri-Ann Moss. Send two units. They're bringing her down now. No, Lieutenant, your men are already dead. Now that he has interest in the Matrix, he starts getting phone calls from a guy called Morpheus, who he's been looking for. <laughs> we discover that he's being chased by an entity called Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith. <laughs> I'm really good at acting like this. <laughs> Played by... Australian Hugo Weaving. Hugo oh Weaving. Noted yes. Christian. No, I don't know. Very yes. lazy casting director. Anyone walking around yeah. Sydney at the time yeah. got a job. So like focusing in on the scene in the office, like lovely late 90s, like dreary office mm. cubicle scene. Right. And I've always wanted to work in an office that had cubicles. Mm. Like never, like I just think that's an American thing. Have you ever been in an office with cubicles? No, never actually. It looks really dreary and depressing, but I think I would love having my own little Oh God, you space. love it, Rudy. Yeah, I would never leave, never leave the cube. You'd, you keep keep cube. You'd keep a yeah. clean cube. He'd keep a clean cube. Ordered, organized, so, perfect uh, in the matrix. He gets, he gets the FedEx deliveries and uh, out pops at the time when I was 13 going on 14, the most desirable piece of consumer electronics like of my generation, that Nokia slide phone. Yes. Oh my God, I wanted that phone so Did much. they not design this specifically for the film? Well, I think it they was, did. I think the phone was being released at the time. They obviously paid a shit ton to put it into I the Matrix. I see. But they, Nokia then did those ads featuring the Matrix mm. for like a year after. And a real dickhead I went to school with 
who had a rich dad who always gave himself had that foam. No. And within, within two weeks, the, the slidey bit broke, right, the, the spring, and I was so happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, that made my, my millennium. Yeah. <laughs> How's the phone? <laughs> this is going to be the best millennium ever. <laughs> Keanu is uh, being chased by the Mr. Smith and Mr. Smith's associates after uh, an unsuccessful jump onto some scaffolding well, to escape. Well, this, so this is where some of my favourite Keanu acting came in because he does loads of self-talk. Oh, yeah. So, so I wrote down the, the three lines. This is insane. Why is this happening to me? Yes. I can't do this. <laughs> that is basically... <laughs> that really ramps up the intensity of that scene. How about I give you the finger and you give me my phone call. Well, he can't actually jump on the scaffolding, so the Smiths take him in, button up his mouth, send him on his way, tagged and bagged. Yeah. Got a little electronic tadpole Whoa. running around and, in his insides. And a bit of sass. And a, and a <laughs> bit of sass. How about I give you the, the finger, finger. Oh, yeah. and you give me my phone call? <laughs> Which again, when I was 13, I, I internalized that line. I would use it all the time. <laughs> Mum, how about I give you the finger and you give me lunch? I think it sounds quite obscene. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. So he's been caught not long away. little Trinity yeah. in leather once again, picking him up and saying, come on, no time to waste. Your good mate Morpheus is waiting. We've got a couple of pills that you might want to try. And I like I like Morpheus, played by uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Lovely smile. He's a big guy, but can I just a, say? But a smile, Moves well. Like a warming smile. Yes, yes. He's the kind of guy who you'd want to unchain your mind from the Matrix and just liberate everything. Mm. Give me that red pill. Take me out of here, stat. Liberate me, Fishbone. <laughs> <laughs> you big staunch man. He's a big boy. He's a big boy and he has some kung fu moves, which we'll get to in a second. But after this pill intake, because I think this is when Alice goes down the rabbit hole. Mm. I quite like the uh, transition from the Matrix to the real world. Mm. You know, he touches the, the mirror. It all kind of encompasses him. Yeah, it's weird. And then just like that, he wakes up in goo 300 years later. Hasn't that happened to us all? Oh, it's just great like yeah it, this is fucking cool yeah. i feel like this scene the lack of a scene like this in the other two movies really shows it's just like oh i don't really care yeah. about zion or anything. right yeah. yeah but this is just such a shocking transition to go from like oh it's normal 1999 to like you're in a pod of goo and there are robot aliens everywhere like act one to act two as well like it's just well quite i've actually got a pre-prepared haiku for this exact situation act two blue pill or red pill i need a pain pill because this plot is bonkers this is really where it gets you doesn't it this yeah humans batteries one and the same and you know did you say that coming i didn't (laughs) I did. I've seen Matrix <laughs> before, funny enough. I actually never really understood completely what was going on, but right. like the plot is like so ambitious for its yeah. time, right? For an original film mm. with this budget and with this scope. Mm-hmm. Like fucking kudos to the to the Wachowskis who wrote and directed because it's uh it's it, great. It was being planned for five years. Oh my god. Mm. Yeah, and they read like a shit ton of philosophy um well, yeah, books, it's, no. It's very philosophical, like the whole uh reality could be a simulation that's just run by code. That's actually like a 
a pretty accepted theory. Yeah, in, in the Bible, it's a pretty big hit. Yeah. It's a pretty big theme. <laughs> it's, it's towards yeah. the back. No one ever reads yeah. to the back. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting, like, high concept, but also just, like, mix of martial arts and sci-fi all in one. Like, what a fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is really where it kind of takes its philosophical ideas to the next level. Before he even gets to say anything, sucked out of that tube like no tomorrow. It's flushed. And is quickly on the Nebuchadnezzar. And then Morpheus is like, let me just explain the premise to you. Let me explain the conceit of the movie. I think I read that basically that whole scene was suggested by the movie studio. And I think for good reason, like there needed to be some like explanatory dialogue as to what the fuck is going on. Mm. To deny our own impulses is to deny the very thing. That makes us human. So I guess on the ship we uh, we meet the other crew members. We've got the little horny small man who designs the red woman. They've all got ridiculous <laughs> names. Yeah. Saber. Sa- this Sa- is Sa- bolt. <laughs> His name was Safer. Safer. No, it's a it's a soft P. <laughs> it's a soft P. Uh, switch. 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 Apoc. <laughs> Uh, Tank and Dozer, the two brothers, who are actually born in the real world. Mm. Fun fact about those two. Mm -hmm. Organic. Quickly, now that he's in the real world, another bloody shocker for Neo to find out is he's just not another freed mind. He is the potential to be the Messiah, the prophesied one. What do you think about that? Well, I think Neo's a great anagram of one. They really Mm -hmm. did themselves, (laughs) outdid themselves there. I felt watching that, I was like, oh, it's a bit of a trope. It's a bit of a trope, but like it's so overdone. I think in 1999 it was still what, quite, to have a messiah fresh, or what? Like to have a messiah, to have like the one who's going to save everyone. But mm. now, after our Harry Potters and our Hunger Games and our this, that, and the others that always have the chosen well, one at the center. Quite. It's a narrative trope, though. I mean, I think it works for a film like this. Um, it does. But even if you are the one, you still need to be trained in kung fu and realize. The Matrix for what it is, mm. a bloody computer program. I love this fight scene between Morpheus and uh, Neo. He's starting to understand Kung Fu. He learns drunken boxing, jiu-jitsu, all these different styles. So, yeah. And it's great how they choreograph it because there's a mix mm. of all these different styles in there. Well, mm-hmm. he, he did have a good line as well, like another good... Uh, Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. What are you trying to tell me? That I can dodge bullets? When the time comes, you won't have to. That's very like Kung Fu master line, isn't it? (laughs) But one thing I do like about this scene is there's a yellow tint to it because it's not the Matrix and it's not the real world. It's a training program. And judging by your face, I think you knew that. Somebody read that little factoid. I also knew that uh, Keanu Reeves had some surgery. Oh, before this movie and he was still in recovery while he was creating it and it meant that he couldn't kick so you'll notice that most of his fighting moves are punching or ah, arm movements mm-hmm. that's the move of the one although he does love the move where he like levitates and does like a stare oh like yes climbing yes stairs motion he uh-huh. does that like all, in number two all as the well time. Yeah, that's does, like his, his signature it's his signature move he loves it i think what would be your signature move? Like your signature Matrix move? Oh, I think I'd do like, uh, is it Capanyara? What is Capoeira? Cap- Capoeira. I'd Capugana. be like Brazilian. You'd do the helicopter. <laughs> You'd like get on your head and like <laughs> knock everyone out. Of course, yeah. It's got to be like flare, but also like a foot to the face. <laughs> and it's quite flamboyant <laughs> yeah, as well. Exactly. I feel like that's yeah. right up your Look street. at me. Look at me doing Brazilian street fighting. <laughs> Rudy, what would yours be? I'd like to like comically slap someone really <laughs> quick around the face. I'd 
like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Because <laughs> you could, couldn't you? Because Matrix. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like an agent yeah. and moving just, yeah. the speed of sound. Yeah. <laughs> and it just like really bewilders the person. Like, <laughs> I like that move. I think, uh, I think Neo wanted to do that, but he had the kick. He already had the kick. On his first bloody trip to the Matrix, he's already going to the top dog. They realize, yep, we've freed the mind of the one. Let's confirm that he is indeed... The one. Take him to the Oracle. Let's take him to the Oracle. There is no spoon. The only thing I want to say about the Oracle is there is no spoon, which became a classic line. Apart from that moment, I think I could take or leave this this section of the film. Like, you know, whatever. There's prophecy. There's some mumbo jumbo. There's some, you know, backstory to the Matrix. But what I really want is just more Kung Fu and more cops. Well, but this also set up the double cross, does it not? It, well, I was going to get to that. Moving on from the meeting... They're not getting out of the Matrix willy-nilly, are they? There's actually Cypher with a hard F. Cypher has had enough of the real world and the it. ship. Yeah. I mean, we've seen the breakfast. We've seen the people on board. None of them are lookers, am I right, Roshi? Or well, Trinity. Well, Morpheus isn't bad. Well, the, like, some of the, two of the organic kids. All right. You're more of a dozer no, man? The, no, the guy that um, captains the ship while they're in the Matrix for the third act. Yeah. It's not bad. I'm yeah, in, right. Okay. I'm in it for the um, the the goo. Well, <laughs> the lube. Well, all the lube you could want. Well, quite. He, I guess he had a, a pick between eight more or less all right looking people and a matrix full of bangable hookers, drugs, sex, smokes, well, steak. And he knows what he's choosing. Well, and you're also hitting on something as well because Cipher, uh, we find out, is. Like, part of what is driving him is his bitterness towards um, Trinity. Cause, right. Because, like, he basically liked Trinity and she rejected him, which is a very common, like, beta male trope in films where mm. it then, like, makes them go mad. Yeah, and they right. then have all this vengeful fury. Because done, like, women are just a prize to be won. Mm. But mm. I do like Cypher, a.k.a. Judas, if you're following along with my Christian oh, theme. God damn He it. gets out of the Matrix... After his agreement with with Smith to put him back in, disconnects people, aka dead, mm. takes over the ship, and his body double crossed everyone. And then he's like slapping Morpheus in the face, yeah. like you said, Rudy, like slapping him really <laughs> <Yeah>. fast, <laughs> dropping pianos on their heads. But when he um, when he starts disconnecting uh, some of the guys that are in the Matrix and thus killing them, because once the mind dies, the body dies, as we find out in the second act. Mm. Um, there was some also great acting and dialogue. So obviously traumatic scene, like the crew are dying in front of Neo and Trinity. And at one point, Trinity goes, God damn it. <laughs> she says, God damn God it, damn it Cypher. Cypher. <laughs> Stop killing all of our best friends. <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to mention, which I found very interesting, uh, knowing kind of what happened to the Wachowski siblings afterwards, is Switch the rather androgynous member of the team, was mm. actually supposed to be a man in the real world and a female in the Matrix. Mm. It was going to be like a transgender character, but the studio talked them out of that. Are you serious? Yeah, Switch, and hence the name. The, he's called Switch? Yes. Oh, no way. Interesting, no. Like, okay, that's quite interesting, but the name's so hammy, isn't it? Yeah, Neo, I mean, they're so Switch, cyberpunk, Trinity, as you say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, well, yes, Cypher, unfortunately, has commandeered the ship Morpheus has been bloody kidnapped by the Smiths. Mm. Seems like it's all gone wrong until... Until one of the expendable team members... Until one of the brothers awakens, shoots Cypher, 
and we are back to the threesome. I mean, to be honest, we only needed Neo, Trinity, and Morpheus in the play. So, well, exactly. I yeah, mean, act, I wasn't yeah. that sad everyone died, but it was a good twist. I'll but give them that. Act three. Act three. The third act is just... Ugh. Sags. It, well, it's just one big kung fu scene. Quite. But I think there's an interesting scene where the Smiths have captured uh, Morpheus and we get a bit of an insight into Mr. Smith's motivation. Quite. Which is interesting because we thought he was just, well, like jobs a computer worth. program. Well, I thought he was like what a real, a real civil servant, oh a real God. pen pusher. Loves, yeah. loves the, the administrative details, pedantic. I'm afraid, <laughs> Mr. Anderson, mm. you did not fill in the correct red pill release form. <laughs> I'm afraid this was not filled in with the correct color of pen. I'm afraid <laughs> there are still taxes in the Matrix, <laughs> as there is in the real world. He does it well, though, Hugo. I'll give him that. He's a good robotic kind of. But I think he's any. Great. But I think anyone can act like that because it's just. Such yeah, but he still has an air of menacing. Oh, he's got those eyebrows, Rudy. Mm, and well, and like. You may obviously can't see this. It's a <laughs> pouch, but like you kind of, you really. He's got a pouch. Pouts. Mm. Yeah, that's how he, announce, yeah. he enunciates those words. But, but he says he hates the Matrix. He hates being there. Right. That's his whole motivation for wanting to capture Neo and capture Morpheus. He wants to fucking escape the Matrix because to him it smells. So what's his end game though? How does yeah, he escape? Like, He's what? a program in a program. But, but he just disappears. Like, but he has sentience. I think he's a sentient computer program that would be doing something else if he wasn't just like policing. He the wants matrix. a gap year. Yeah. yeah, he wants to take a break. Four hour go, work week. Go back yeah. to uni. <laughs> Reskill. He wants to go to grad school. Mr. Anderson, my real passion is origami. What <laughs> <laughs> quits his job? Professional origami maker. Have you seen my swan? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think we're back into the third act, so I might just throw you a little haiku to wrap this little one up. Anything's possible. Where we go from here is a choice I leave to you. Jeff, these ones are getting to me, you know. Oh, are they? They're like hitting me on, on an emotional level. Oh, thank you. Well, it's a philosophical Christian film. So <laughs> that we have to end with nice haikus. Okay. But before we get back to the niceness, there's a lot of gun shooting. Well, we need killing Morpheus saving. Mm. We need guns. Lots, Lots of, of guns. guns. That's too many. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that, that many. Not that many. <laughs> <laughs> I love that computer program though when it loads them all up. That's fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, there are just things in like imagine seeing this in ninety nine, mm. stoned off your head. This would have been like freaking you out <laughs> this is freaking me out man <laughs> <laughs> maybe we're in the matrix man um but yes let's go set piece number one probably my favorite the big shootout in the lobby great yeah shootout and parodied so much we were speaking earlier roshina about the soundtrack i think my favorite one is the one that goes dum dum yeah, it's great. It's great. It's Drum and bass-ish, like alternative electronica. It's so it's funny. What I really, I'm, I'm really into in 99. Mm. Um, so yes, they shoot up the lobby, they head upstairs, they shoot up the office, and for some reason they get a helicopter, jump through the window and save Morpheus. That seems like quite a like irresponsible way to, to save him, but mm. hey, it works. I mean, it's the Matrix. Anything can happen. Why not be irresponsible if you get the chance? It's funny because You're there's... You're only young once in the Matrix. There's yeah. a limit, isn't there? It's like you can bend rules. Some of them you can break them. Other times, I mean, yeah, they completely break gravity. Look, I mean, Neo is flying <laughs> yeah. at the end of the movie and yeah. regularly flies in, in the, the sequel, sequel, which yeah. I just think is like, okay, you can bend rules, fine. But flying, 
flying I mean, really 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 I'm trying to free your mind Neo but I can only show you the door you're the one that has to walk through it Morpheus is saved quickly realizes that Neo is the one well he's been saying it all along and they say all right it's I've had my matrix time I'm ready to get back on the ship 300 years henceforth so they go to the subway get out of the matrix but a homeless man can't trust the homeless can you Turning into Agent Smith. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's horrible. You're never safe in the Matrix. Anyone can bloody turn into an agent. Anyone can be Agent Smith. And uh, he, he, it reeks to him. So he's willing to change into anyone, homeless or not. Homeless or not, old or not. I mean, we see them a bit later. Mm-hmm. And Smith breaks the phone, breaks Neo's entry out of the Matrix. Breaks the fourth wall. And it's time for fight number four. Uh, this... Like, I really hate third acts where it's like, big set piece. Right. And then, okay, we're going to do another big set piece. For sure. Like, why? Like, just, It's, it's just hard to talk that. about. I mean, I guess as a viewer, it's entertaining to see everything explode and fights and action. But it makes podcasting but very they, difficult. They didn't yeah. think really about like. the intellectual the digestion years of later, the 20 years later, someone <laughs> would be struggling to describe the scene. <laughs> what this fight is leading up to is that Neo hasn't really embraced the fact that he's the one yet. So very he's kind true. of limited by his own lack of self-belief i mean aren't we all right Mm. and then all he needs is the prize to tell him that she loves him (laughs) and believes in him she says you must be the one because for some reason even though we've had only two conversations i'm in love with you neo and you look good in leather (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean it's quite sweet i mean that was another kind of ham on yeah it needed to be a relationship incredibly unnecessary yeah yeah. didn't make any sense and next to cypher well. Oh right. Would you have would you have picked Cypher? Well no, I'm saying like you'd pick me over <laughs> Cypher, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd like, pick yeah. me over. Oh, I'm think, I'm more of a Cypher kind of guy. I think she was just so desperate after <laughs> Cypher's moves, she was like, finally, God, a man who's got a bit of sense. Well now that we're back on the topic of Cypher, do you think you would have done a Cypher? Obviously yeah. not kill everyone. Do you think I would have <laughs> done Cypher? Absolutely not. Would you have gone back in? I mean, I would have been all for the stake, you know, like stake that the like, stake would have converted you. <laughs> Well, it's like cruelty-free steak. Make Finally, the holy, the holy grail of meat. But I don't think it is cruelty-free steak because the cows are in the matrix as well and the cows are suffering. No? <laughs> Do you think oh, that there are fields cows of cows? are hooked up to... Uh, oh, well, what, well they mammals? should be, shouldn't they? Because all, ma- all dolphins are hooked up. Because otherwise they're missing a trick. Like, they don't really need the humans for their brain power. They need them for the energy that well, they produce. And, and a cow, you'd get a and shit ton of energy. And a cow, you'd get way more I mean, more it's got energy. four fucking stomachs. Yeah. Well, Switch on machines. Well, quite. I mean, what are you doing? We figured out the animal cruelty game years ago. <laughs> what do you think the AI are like? Are we the bad guys? <laughs> well, they are. We the are bad. not them. <laughs> we are not them. <laughs> no one has ever done anything like this. That's why it's going to work. I do like the ending, actually, because Neo comes to his senses. Look, I am the one, all right, I'll take it. Mm. I'm here to save mankind. I'm going to fly out of here. Well, and yeah, he can literally stop bullets. He doesn't even make an effort in his fight with Mr. Mr. Smith. He's just like whacking him away. Yeah, right. Mr. Smith, out of nowhere, just can't can't keep up. Rubbish. And then he just flies away, doesn't he? he? Off he goes. Fly out of here. (laughs) (laughs) To Rage Against the Machine. Great. Ending credits song. Yeah. I would have left the theatre 
headbanging, I tell you what. <laughs> you would I would have bought the soundtrack, played it in my Hyundai. With your little, <laughs> like, fro. And dressed, dressed cyberpunk, all in leather. <laughs> that would have been really hot in Australia to emulate the Neo look. Oh, you missed out a trick on that one. <laughs> were, were you into Dusters after this came out, Rudy? Um, I was a little young, but I think if I was a couple of years older, I definitely would have got a Duster. Because you speak about Dusters, I'd say, like, every second podcast episode. Yeah, was, yeah. was there a time where you were actually into them? No, they were never cool when I was okay. like the weird kids in the year. Yeah, the wear weird a kids always yeah. wore dusters. Like, spit smelly. <laughs> you know, it's that vibe in it. Someone yeah. wears a duster. Oh, a, smell, a smelly person or a smelly duster? Both. Oh, he's, <laughs> I always picture it with someone with a with a fedora as well. Yes, <laughs> there was a kid in my year with a fedora and a duster. Odd guy, yeah. Warhammer guy, yeah. Warhammer. Warhammer. Yeah. <laughs> And where we go, Augusta, there's Warhammer there. Yeah. <laughs> and Rudy, where we go from here, I leave the choice up to you. <laughs> See what Warhammer on Sunday. Are you telling me I can dodge bullets? <laughs> but first, you must answer me these questions three. <laughs> Question the first. You must listen to my tale. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I love I love the Matrix though because it, it it brings like. Audiences of all flavors and colors and creeds, nerds, Christians, Buddhists, mm. cyberpunks, Warhammer BDSM fans. Mm. It's just got everything, doesn't it? It really does. Uh, I just rediscovering this movie. It is just an all rounder. Solid. It has everything. It is above all. I just think it's a really good story. It's a really good premise. Yeah, I think it's a good premise, but third act is awful. As far as I'm concerned, and it's just one big sequels. fight scene. Sequel's terrible, um, and I've never really deconstructed the plot like we just have now. But like the one, like uh, true love's first kiss, it's all a bit tropey. Ugh, yeah, it's very I think they tropey. needed the tropes though to make it like to give it a form of a film. Yeah, but that's just lazy though. It's like there's yeah. a better way to tell a story than falling into tropes. Like that's yeah, the lazy that's true. way to do it. Yeah. I guess the thing with Matrix though is it's more the aesthetics. Mm. It just melds so many different styles. The dusters, the kung fu, the, the guns. Yeah. What kind Sunglasses. of films have done guns with foo before like that? Mm, true. Bloody great. And I'd give it an eight out of ten. How much eight of what? I can't understand when we don't conceptualize it with the film. Eight bullets stopped. By ten dusters. I'll give it eight Mr. Smiths. Uh, I'll give it six red pills. <gasps> Only six? Out of um, like a puncher pack of ten. A puncher yeah. pack? Because I imagine they would be stored in a puncher pack. Like, like vitamin B. Yeah. <laughs> like a daily, you know, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, Wednesday, I got to re-up. Yeah. I got to re-up. I forgot. <laughs> well, thank you for coming down the rabbit hole once again. Glad to be, you know, shaking the cobwebs off. We're, oh, we're getting back into God. the swing of things. I'm absolutely covered in cobwebs. Please <laughs> just get a duster and dust them off me. Dust me off. <laughs> get me a smelly fedora. And we'll see you, dear listener, back here again in two weeks' time. Thank you very much for listening. And Rudy and Roisin, love your guts. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself.